0: Hey, how's it going, guys? We're going to get this space started in a couple minutes, as we hope people will filter in. i uh, got a lot of thoughts on this game, nothing too positive. And uh, we'll hope that everyone has some time to check in and share their thoughts. This was not a good game by any stretch for Syracuse. Uh, this was not a good game for the offense. Uh, injury-wise, another terrible game for the defense. And it brings up other questions, which we have to we have to discuss at this point in time, because Tony White's unit has turned into something that needs a mash unit. It seems like every single week. So, in a few minutes, we will kick off this Twitter space. My name's Ian Unsworth. I'll be with you the entire entirety of the way, and hopefully, a couple of other of our Fizz staffers will chime in as well. But give us about two three minutes to get situated. Let uh, let it, let people filter in here and. Well, I would love for you guys to request to speak, share your thoughts. I'll have a couple topics I want to hit on, but if you guys have anything that you want to talk about, hit, it, hit us in the comments section, and request to speak, and we'll get your voices on here because, man, this was a really tough watch from start to finish. All right, let's get rolling. This was a very sad game from start to finish. Um, don't really know where to start. I guess we'll go from we'll go from start to finish with Garrett Schrader missing the game. Uh, he was in pads, warming up in uniform. Uh, our John Ead saw him with with the pads on, you know, throwing, doing everything, catching the football even. All signs pointed to him being ready to go, as it did for pit running back and potential All American Izzy Ibanekonda. And he also was not good to go. So 0 for 2 off, off the jump, and that immediately flipped the expectation from okay, this is going to be a game with two offenses that can move the ball, they've got star players, to this might be a war of attrition type thing. And just you just need to play well enough. You need to get enough points. I rely on Andre Schmidt. The Orange certainly did that. But you need to get one or two touchdowns, hit one big play, and, and hope that the defense can hold up. Carlos Del Rio Wilson had pluses and minuses, I'd say. Last week, we saw, we saw probably the best you possibly can have as a backup quarterback jumping in the game. I mean, 11 for 22 for 190 and a touchdown is nothing to scoff at when you've been thrown in against what is a, a, a top top 30 defense in the nation. Notre Dame is good, and it's a very good front. And so is Pitt. Very good front. The fourth best rush defense in the ACC. They looked like it. They negated Sean Tucker from the jump. That's a career low for Sean Tucker. 19 yards on 10 carries. If, if. We chatted about that at the beginning of the season. Tucker having 19 yards on 10 carries. I mean, you would have thought this is Clemson. You know that Tucker Tucker got hurt. Syracuse can't throw the ball. What something something wacky's going on? And Clemson's really keyed into the run game. No, this is Pitt. This is Pitt with a backup quarterback, another good front, but a Pitt team that's held Sean Tucker under 30 rushing yards in three games in three years. There's something in, in the water, or in Pat Narduzzi's defensive scheme, which uh, it's definitely more likely the second, that is keeping, keeping Syracuse from consistently moving the football. And since the Orange had Carlos Torrio Wilson playing, they couldn't do anything. He was 8 for 23, 120 yards, 35% completion percentage. I don't think the Orange completed a pass in the third quarter, if we're being completely honest. Um, They had negative two yards of total offense until the middle of the fourth quarter when they drove down and snagged that third field goal. Del Rio Wilson has his positives. The kid's got a really strong arm, a cannon, but he doesn't really have a gauge on when to use it and when to take a little touch off. I mean, some of these overthrows, the one with Gadsden, just wide open, near the, the far corner of the end zone and chucking it 15 yards. And that, that was, those are the kind of things that come with time. But, but Gadsden mm-hmm. was um, wide open. I mean, nobody within three or four yards of him. That's the mm-hmm. massive window. And, and maybe they're a little bit of jitters. Maybe playing in an NFL stadium for the first time, Carlos Del Rio Wilson, it, it gets a little shaky. That pit defense has been pressuring you all day Because the Syracuse offensive line. Has turned into paper mache. Del Rio Wilson had some jitters. To be expected. Had. Not the greatest decision making game. But again no picks. You can't hate on him for that. All things considered. It wasn't as disastrous. Of a backup quarterback performance. As we've seen in the past. Like This was not Rex Culpepper level, level bad. There's a lot to build off of here. But you're playing a really good defense, and next week you have to play another really good defense. If Garrett Schrader isn't going next week, it's going to be very tough to find a world where Syracuse, with its much very below average offense, can pull something out. (sighs) Man, three weeks ago, you wouldn't have said that because Garrett Schrader's healthy, this offense is humming, Aronde Gadson's getting open left and right. But good teams make adjustments, and that's what Pitt did. Pitt came in ready to stop Tucker. They bracketed Gadson, who didn't have a catch all game. Yes, there are two or three overshows from CDRW, but keeping Aronde Gadson off the stat sheet, from keeping him from getting any separation with an experienced defensive backfield. The, the Pat Narduzzi won this game with the game plan which means that you play this game 100 times, Pitt's probably winning 90 of them. With a the backup quarterback, with a running back that's really struggling to get anything going because of a weak offensive line, and uh, they've said there's got to be something else going around, too. I, I, I don't know what it is, but Tucker hasn't looked right for about three, four weeks now. The offensive line isn't all, all, all due to this offensive struggles, but it really hurt Del Rio Wilson, who, when given time, can stand back and rip it, but the weakness of the offensive line today was was evident, and Pitt's better size-wise, experience-wise, you name it, Pitt had the better day up front. It's also pretty damning to look at the receiving sheet, and you don't see Courtney Jackson there. I already mentioned Gadsden, don't see him, but you don't see Courtney Jackson. The team leader in receptions is Damian Alford, who had two catches for 48 yards. Sean Tucker's second. Two catches for three yards. How many times did Delrio Wilson have to scramble out of the pocket? How many times did he have to make something happen which shouldn't have had to happen? How many times did he evade pressure? 14 carries for seven yards for CDRW. You need your offensive line to stand up at least for a little bit to give your backup quarterback time, to give your offense a bit of breathing room, to let a kid who's probably got the game going a thousand miles an hour in front of him see something clearly. And instead, he's running around like a mouse. With and it's like it's like Tom and Jerry, and Tom's on the chase, and Carlos Del Rio Wilson just so happens to be Jerry. And this offensive line really underperformed today. And hopefully Dino Babers echoes that in his postgame presser because anybody watching the game could pick that one up in a second with the snap of a finger. So that's something you, you really have to wonder about as, as a fan going forward. Because Florida State, I guarantee you, they've got just as much size, just as much talent. I can also guarantee you that Wake Forest, even though their defense has been a sieve at times this year, will figure out some way to game plan and, and stop that up. So, BC's BC. That's the end of the year. We're not there yet. That's too far away. But right now, the Syracuse offense doesn't look like it has anything going for it. That's a sad reality, but no Schrader, who pretty much put the team on his back for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, you're you're in rough, very rough territory. How about the defensive side of things? Well, we got a mash unit. It's it's well needed now. Marlo Wax was gimpy. Jihad Carter was gimpy. JT is gear. And Kevon Dart both left the game. Gear got carted off. Who are the healthy starters on this team from the beginning of the year? Deuce Chestnut hasn't been healthy all year. I can give you maybe Justin Barron, Elijah Clark. Wait a second, Elijah Clark's name, if I'm looking, Elijah Clark's name isn't even on the stat sheet today. He might not have even had a tackle. But, man, no Steve Linton today. He's not on the stat sheet. The the attrition of this defense has been brutal. And that brings me back to something from before the season started. Just a quick reset here. Ian Unsworth with you. The Orange Fizz Twitter account. You can check out our articles on the website, orangefizz.com, and also here on Twitter at Orange Fizz. Before the season, one of our writers, John Eads, did sort of a deep dive at ACC Media Day about Syracuse's nutrition programs and the athletic training and the quality of that compared to the rest of the ACC. And what he found is that Syracuse is extremely lacking in those areas. And it kind of makes sense. The basketball school, right, in the Northeast, all those sort of things. Why, why can't Syracuse get a good football recruit it's the same exact line of thinking as why did the orange have bad sports nutrition? But it shows up. You get pushed around by a pit team with good, but not necessarily amazing O lineman, and it shows up. You don't you don't recruit well. You got undersized guys. You got a guy who played soccer for three years of high school playing D line, and that's no offense to Kevin Jobity. He's trying his best. But you're trotting out a whole field of these guys to play up front against five road graders. And there's a reason the third string back can come in and run it effectively, right? Sebo Flemister sounds like he's out of the movie Friday. And yet even he was rumbling through the orange D line like it was nothing. Rodney Hamm is the backup. And he probably had a season high in everything. 4.4 yards per carry 124 yards in a score. It, I, I could maybe maybe three times Hammond was touched, breaking through the first line of defense. <sighs> this is getting really tough to stomach. This game was a, was a bit of a it was a slog all the way through. Pitt had 13 more minutes of time of possession. Because they ran the ball so well. I mean, 161-yard rushing yards to Syracuse's 25. You've got nine Panther penalties. That barely affected the game at all. Pitt doubles up Syracuse in first downs. I mean, they go 7 for 16 on third down. They run 72 plays. Syracuse is 48. 48 plays might be a season low for Syracuse, now that I think about it. But just... Syracuse averaged one yard per rushing play. Looking down these looking down these team stats, it looks like it should be all the separation should be much wider than nineteen to nine. But Pitt put the ball on the ground twice. Keaton Slovis threw a pick. They also threw a pick. Jared Wayne threw it on a stupid trick play that they had no business running near the end zone. I don't know what Pat Norduzzi was thinking there, but uh, I mean, those those turnovers kept Syracuse in the game. And you think about it: if Kenny Pickett's playing, and this is twenty twenty one, this is probably twenty nine to nine, or maybe even worse against a good quarterback who's got some got a little competency back there. Keaton Slovis was sixteen for twenty three. I guess you give him that, but he didn't look like a world beater. He didn't look like he was a true freshman starting at USC, that's for sure. This this pit offense, all they had to do was be good and play complementary football. And you give it to them. That's what they did. Jared Wayne got his, 102 yards. Rodney Hammond got his, 124 yards. And everybody on the pit offensive side did enough. They did enough. Because when your front is that good, and when Pitt... When Syracuse's offense is that fragile, that's all you need. A team that plays together and just keeps it moving can beat Syracuse. A team without its best player. A team that gave it away twice. Again, Syracuse leads in turnover margin. And then they give up nine sacks, nine tackles, for excuse me, six sacks, nine tackles for loss. And and you wonder why the Orange offense is sputtering. It's the kind of football game that comes down to the trenches. I guess that's kind of where I'll leave it. Not seeing much reaction here in the space, and maybe that's understandable. This was a tough game, a tough one to swallow. Hey, Michael, I know you just hopped in. If you do have some thoughts about this one, feel free to request to speak. We can have a conversation about it. Uh, I was just kind of going through the Orange offensive line and how they were this offense's downfall. Carlos Del Rio Wilson tried his best. Uh, When Tucker goes for 19 yards on 10 carries, you have to figure there's something's wrong. But at the same time, Syracuse got no push up front. In that case, I guess the next question for Syracuse is where do you go from here? Well, you go back home and you lick your wounds. And hopefully you get right because geez, Syracuse really needs to get right. But all things considered, you welcome in a Florida State team that's been up and down. right? but Besides that big win over LSU, has lost to the better competition and beat the worst competition. 35-31 win over Louisville, a shellacking of Boston College at home, and a shellacking of Georgia Tech at home. Kind of what you'd expect. FSU plays Miami tonight. That kicks off in about 10 minutes. That's, I think that's the late night ACC Network. Actually, no, it's the ABC game. That's rather surprising. But uh, Bama, LSU's on ESPN, so that makes sense. Um, but yeah, you've got a you've got a FSU team that runs the ball really well. TreShaun Ward and Trey Benson um, average ten or more yards per carry on twenty percent of their runs. So that means one in every five times FSU runs the ball, they are getting ten or more yards. And don't be surprised if that number is trending upwards. After playing the orange next week, because if Darton's nicked up, if Gears nicked up, you're starting true freshman Elijah Fuentes Cundiff. And uh, I, I don't even know at this point, Steve Linton's if he's healthy because he didn't play today, but Steve Linton's playing about 60 snaps. And again, Florida State recruits well. You've got the road graders up front, there will be 315 pound men bearing down on that Syracuse D-line, which has not really stood up well when playing big bodies. But we knew this unit was undersized going in, and that's the cross they have to bear. Unfortunately, it's going to get worse and worse as the season goes on. Attrition happens, and teams figure out, hey, all you have to do to beat this team, the Syracuse team that was at the beginning so dynamic on offense, shut down at the back end on defense, just give it to your backs. And Florida State has two very good ones. They've got a good running quarterback as well in Jordan Travis, and they will not hesitate to pound it down Syracuse's throat. So with that, I guess we'll sign off. Haven't haven't had much interaction here on the Fizz Twitter space, but just wanted to come in and and air this out because it needs to be said that right now Syracuse is in a really really bad downward spiral, and it's because of Bad offensive line play. Obviously, the injury to Schrader hurts, but this was still a game that could have been won uh, if, if Syracuse could have picked it up offensively and there was no shot. So that is that. I'm Ian Unsworth signing off here on the Orange Fizz Twitter account. Remember, check out our articles. There will be a post-game recap up on OrangeFizz.com tomorrow, and it will also be posted here as well at Orange Fizz on Twitter. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great rest.